0: International Correspondents on Newstalk ZB. Now, Gavin Gray is with us out of the UK, and it looks like you're heading for a true Christmas of unrest.
1: Indeed, I'm afraid so, yes, Tim. So ambulance staff now across most of England and Wales are to go on strike on the 21st of December in a dispute, of course, over pay. What else would it be about? The coordinated walkout is uh, by three ambulance unions Uh, and it'll affect non-life-threatening calls only. But what happens if an elderly person falls over in their home, maybe breaks a hip and urgently needs at least some medical attention? Well, we don't know. It comes at a time as the Royal College of Nursing are also preparing to go on strike on the 15th and the 20th of December in parts of England, Wales and Northern Ireland. And, of course, we've got train strikes that have been organised now and indeed increased over Christmas, Uh, Further education staff as well and the Royal Mail, just to name a handful of those going on strike. Why the dissatisfaction? Well, because inflation is over 10 percent and many of the unions are demanding that is exactly what their staff should get as a pay rise. Employers are saying we just can't afford that. It's going to come down. We can probably go to four, five, six percent, but 10 percent will bankrupt us or in the case of the NHS just cost too much. We wait and see who wins these various battles.
0: Now, what can you say about this developing situation in Luton? An egg apparently thrown at the king again? A very interesting time for the royals,
1: isn't it? Yes, so an egg uh, was thrown. A series of eggs were thrown at the king and queen consort a few weeks ago during their visit to York. A 23-year-old student there arrested. Now a man has been arrested on suspicion of common assault after a single egg was reportedly thrown at the king or in the direction of the king Um, It happened while King Charles was on a walkabout in Luton Town Centre, that is about 30 to 40 kilometres to the north of the capital. Apparently a man in his 20s has been detained as in custody, uh, and the monarch was steered away, as it were, by his security staff, uh, and then continued on the visit. and actually looked rather unperturbed by it all. But is this a new thing? Is this something that King Charles is going to have now that will start to pick up pace when he goes and visits places? And what are the reasons for people feeling the dissatisfaction that they want to throw eggs at them. Is it that the Queen was very well revered, but maybe King Charles at the moment, less so anyway?
0: Gavin Gray is a correspondent in the UK. It's now 11 away from 6. Good morning. International Correspondence on Newstalk ZB. Now, Sport New Zealand's been commended for its inclusion policy for transgender athletes, Broad brush. Uh, athletes should be able to participate in community sport in the gender they identify with. It's been left to individual sports to devise their own policies. Uh, At Waikato University, Holly Thorpe is a sociologist working on sport and gender. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Good morning.
2: Thanks for having me on.
0: Have they copped out a bit here, do you think, leaving it to individual bodies?
2: I do think this is a really uh, strong form of leadership coming from sport New Zealand uh, a much needed document here. Sports organisations were were calling out for support. they were struggling to know how to navigate this really kind of complex terrain. so I think the the guidelines are a really important step. They are a first step in a in a long journey really, um, and I think sport New Zealand's Put down a really important set of guidelines that will help sports organisations know what to do. Many of them have been kind of struggling. What do we do here? How do we do? Yeah, yeah. They have the best. They have the best intentions at heart, but just it's been really complicated. And so I think these guidelines are really here to help them through this process.
0: Do we have a handle on the size of the problem? Are you aware of transgender people not being able to participate?
2: Yes, my colleague uh, from the University of Waikato, um, Dr. Jamie Veal, and her colleagues have done a lot of research in this area and um, have a, a big survey currently going right now, actually, um, and it does show that sport has not been a safe space for the transgender community for, for a long time. Um, and we know the many benefits, right, the psychological, the social, the, the physical benefits of sport and active recreation. So we've got an important an often vulnerable part of our communities that is not having access because sport doesn't feel like a safe place for them. Mm. So, yeah, we do, have a, we do have a bit of a problem here.
0: And it feels unsafe because, what, other people are worried about performance or perceived advantage, or is it about practicalities, the, the changing rooms, the toilets, the like?
2: Uh, all of that, yep. It's uh, lots of little everyday things and also big things, but uh, often safety, often... Um, People are scared of the other, scared of the unknown. And so sometimes uh, the transgender uh, community, you know, experience lots of forms of kinds of um, overt and covert kind of forms of, um, you know, stigma and stereotyping. And, um, you know, it can be pretty tough out there.
0: Fear of the unknown. We're talking about. (laughs) Well, yes. uh, I mean, that, that, that's how you read it, isn't it? And uh, this is community level that they're talking to right now. Uh, mm. when, do you, when do you expect we'll be uh, talking about the elite level?
2: Yes, so these guidelines are very clear. Right at the very beginning, they say this is—you know—this is just focused on community level sport, where the whole focus is on active participation. We want our communities moving. We know that's good for individuals and society, um, but. But it's very clear that this is not focused on elite competitive level sport. Um, you know, elite competitive sport is really uh, directed and guided by international sports federations and their, their policies. However, you know, as sports organisations in New Zealand start working through these processes at the community level and they realise it's probably not as, as scary as they thought it was and actually include, you know, coming from a place of inclusion is good for everybody. It makes the clubs better for all. Uh, hopefully we get a trickle-up effect here and actually um, clubs and organisations gain confidence in this process of working with Sport New Zealand. So we might actually see a... I'm hoping we see a trickle-up effect and that uh, we can all be working towards, uh, you know, inclusion at the, the core of our, you know, everyday business.
0: Holly Thorpe is a sociologist of sport and gender at Waikato University. Thanks so much for being with us this morning.